Welcome to Seed in the Closet, a curation of testimonial videos designed to remind and reaffirm God's word that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. It's Macretia with Seed in the Closet. Today's testimony is really going to bless you. Today, Pastor Tracy is going to share her testimony of going through a divorce as First Lady. This testimony has so many layers that we really have to break it up into two episodes. So today will be part one. We're going to walk with her through the experience of her divorce. And I hope you come back for part two so you can see all of God's glory and the wonderful things okay. that he's done. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Seed in the Closet. Uh, today, we have with us Pastor Tracy. Hey. I love Mr. Pastor Tracy, phenomenal woman of God, and um, she has come to share with us her testimony and how God has brought her through. So I don't want to divulge too much information. I know we talked a little bit about it. I got really excited. I was like, oh, no, we got to record all this. <laughs> all of this, all of this, all of this. So um, I know we're going to be talking about divorce. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to start from the beginning, Ooh. right? Okay. So um, share with us, you know, how y'all came to be and we're going to get into this. I met my boyfriend, my husband in high school. And so we were high school sweethearts and we um, got married shortly after high school, a couple of years and stayed married for 20 years. I was happy. Had two children. Loved this man. You know, I used to walk around without this time about I am his wife. You know, I just loved my husband. And he started changing on me. Um, he asked for a divorce after 20 years of marriage. And that threw me because that came from nowhere to me. Um he started dressing different. He started kind of acting different. He started talk, talking to me different. And I was just like, something's wrong here. Um, and so one day he come in the house at 10 o'clock at night, take a shower, get dressed, put his jewelry on, his cologne on and everything. And that didn't sit right with me. And so we had a van at the time. So I decided to jump in the back of the van to see where he's going. So I jump in the back of the van and I hear him on the cell phone talking about, hey, baby, I'm on my way. Oh, yeah, baby, it wasn't hard to get out the house. Oh, baby, it's no problem. Yeah, baby. And I've been with this man for 20 years. I've never seen him drink alcohol, never seen him cuss. We were pastoring a church at the time. And we had been pastoring for over 10 years. So we had been co-pastoring a church for 11 years. And so this was a pastor. I was the first lady. We loved God. I thought we were serving the Lord. We had built a nice sized community in our church. And so when I'm hearing him saying all oh, this, baby, this, you want to talk about feeling like I was worth two cents. Because I was like, oh, who is she? I know she's beautiful. I know she's way prettier than me. I know I'm not going to be able to compete. I'm in the back hearing him talk. And this is the thoughts that's going through my mind. But he made a stop. He made a stop before going to his new girlfriend. And it was at the liquor store. And when he stopped at the liquor store, I was like, wait a minute. Who is this? And what has happened to my husband? Because I've never known him to drink. Right. 
And so when he come in from the liquor store, he got his stuff in his little brown bag and everything. And then he drives to their meeting location. And when he drives to their meeting location, he pulls in the back of an abandoned apartment where her car is already there. Well, I lean up to see what car it is and see who it is. He jumps out the van, give her a hug and a kiss, tell me, hey, baby. And I notice that that is our head deacon's wife and our choir director at our church. Not only was she our choir director at our church, she was a family friend. She had her daughter's 16th birthday at our house. The betrayal. Right, right, right. Because y'all were so close. My, my. The betrayal was crazy. So I was screaming, yelling. You can only imagine how right, I was. Right. You I can know, only. Yeah. They don't even need all to You all ran in cave up. Yes. coming out. <laughs> but what shocked me was I caught the head deacon. Because I'm like, oh, we telling our own. Right. Everybody's going to it. And he said, no, you lying. He said, that's impossible. She wouldn't do that. Ooh. And I could understand. Because right. if somebody, he called you, you would have said, said the same. Yeah. Hunty. So then I'm in, he jumps back in the van. Get in the van, get in the van. So we go back home and he's begging me. Don't tell nobody. Please don't tell nobody. Do not destroy the church. Don't tell nobody. I don't want to. Please, please, please. And something came over me. Good. I picked up the phone. I started calling everybody in the phone. I was like, you want to do dirt. You want to do it in the dark, but you don't want nobody to know. And you want to divorce me. And you want to take me through all this hurt and pain. But you don't. But you, you, wanna, you want me to leave quietly and leave unscathed. Mm-hmm. So I called his mama. I showed it. That was the first call. But I was shocked. I was yeah. so shocked because his mother said, Well, baby, you know, men will be men. <laughs> yeah, I and I was very close to his mother. Mm-hmm. I called his sister. His sister was so hurt. She was, because she was a minister as well. She was so hurt. She was just crying. And I called all these people and said, hey, this is what happened tonight. I called, uh, once I got home, I told my children. Um, now, how old were your kids at the time? 12 and 17. Oh, my goodness. Yes, 12 and 17. And when they found out. Right. Now, my 12-year-old son, he was preaching. Because daddy preaching. Right, so, yeah, I'm going so to this. My 12-year-old son had invitations to different churches, mm. and he was preaching in the area. But when I tell you the devil is stupid, the devil is stupid. My son, after his daddy did that, my son said, I'll never step into another church as long as I live. He never, still to this day, he has still not preached. When I tell you the devil is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And the thing is, he usually goes through the parents and will to try to destroy the seeds that are coming up in the kids behind them. Oh, but baby, let me tell you what happened. I was so broken. I got my two children. I put them in my car. I had $1,200 and that's all I had to my name. And I left Kansas and I drove all the way to Atlanta. And I said, I'm going to make a life for myself in Atlanta. I don't know what that life's going to look like. I don't know how, because this was what was in my mind. I'm not going to let you keep tipping toeing back over to me and then being with her. 
And I just felt like I needed to get far enough away because I loved you so much. To be able to make that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when I got here, I moved into a hotel and I looked for a job like that was my job. From the time I woke up to the time was I went your, to sleep. Right, was your job? Because all I had was $1,200. We got to get something coming And in. so I got a temporary job. And um, then I got a job with the state of Georgia. And God started blessing. I was able to get us a place and everything. But I didn't go back to church. Mm. When I left him, I left God. Now, this is first lady. Don't get this is the first lady, baby, that preached right. on fifth Sundays, that told the well, that even had a ministry inside the church. This is the first lady that sat up there and had, you know, meetings with the other young ladies. This is the first lady that sat up there and showed them how to dress. This is the first lady I'm talking about. Right. That when I left the pastor, because he hurt me so I left God. Mm. Now, I want to just get into that just a little bit. So do you feel like, how would, how did you feel towards God? I didn't feel, I didn't feel like God let me down. I didn't feel like God hurt me. I didn't feel like God is not God. I didn't feel like God was not real. Never once did I feel that because I knew God. I, I had been pastor for almost 11 years. I knew God. But what I did not understand was the scripture that said, put no put no trust in no flesh. That scripture did not become alive to me. And so when I went to church and when I tried to go to church, every time I stepped in anybody's church, it was like, oh, she a hoe. She probably sleeping with the pastor. Oh, he probably sleeping with the I could not stay in church. I could not sit because I was always like, he cheating. Mm. Oh, they all cheating with him. Oh, look at him. Look at how he preaching. Mm-mm. Somebody, the first lady, she, she just playing and pretending like he wanted me to do. Mm-mm. They mm -hmm. all hoeing and lying and cheating in the church. I could not get a breakthrough to stay in church. And I would take my kids and my kids would be so defiant in church. Because they were mad too. And oh, go, they were. They were going, mad. yeah, they, those emotions. My son was sitting there. My son is a comedian. My son was sitting there and be like, Look at that jacket all tight on that preacher. I mean, he would do stuff, and I'd be right, like, right, right, I'd be right, like, oh right. goodness, because they were they were hurting, hurting, right? hurting, and you're hurting, and they're hurting. It's like, and it's, wow, yeah, exactly, yeah. So a lot of that has to do with the condition of our heart, right? When our heart is broken, and it's like we, you were trying, like I'm trying to go to church. I know God, I, but you know, but your heart is. I was so hurt. And I'm here to tell you that I never drank alcohol a day in my life. I've never smoked weed a day in my life. I've never done any drugs a day in my life. I've never even cursed a day in my life. And at that moment, I was so broken. I'd never even been to a liquor store. The closest I got to a liquor store was when I seen him walk in the door. But baby, I was so hurt. I was so broken that one day I drove my car to a liquor store mm. and I went and I said, I just need something to numb this pain. Mm. I need something to take this hurt away because not only did I lose my husband, I lost the members that I had pastored, that I had raised up, that my daughters in Zion, the your whole life they've had right yeah, everything and i was so hurt and anytime they would call to check on me 
it would hurt too bad to hear mm-hmm. their voice. Mm-hmm. And so I changed my phone number. Mm-hmm. So now I'm isolating myself because it hurt too bad to listen to you try and help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I went into the liquor store and when I went in, thanks be to God, glory be to God. There were so many bottles. There were so many colors. There were so many sizes and so many. <laughs> you know, I got so overwhelmed. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what do I pick?" And, and I, I just got overwhelmed, and I walked out the thing and never went back. Mm. I'm here to tell you, if they would have had it organized like I like stuff, you know, like this bottle over here, this section over here, I probably would have grabbed something, and I would have probably been an alcoholic today. Mm. But God understands how to keep us and his hand is on us when we even want to throw his hand off of us. I wanted God to leave me alone. Mm. Leave me alone. But let me tell you how bad it got. So I just want to say this real quick. This is Pastor Tracy. So I want you to keep that in mind that, you know, as she's telling her story that she was first lady, she went through this um, most devastating divorce, but Sitting here is Pastor Tracy. Pastor Tracy of two churches. Of two churches. Okay. So this is how bad it got. Make me a little boyfriend. Moved into the house of the boyfriend, the first lady shacking, baby. Baby, I would have got to leave me alone. Mm. Do you hear me? Yeah. I didn't want nothing to do with church. I didn't want nothing to do with no pastor. I didn't want nothing to do with no females. Because all y'all is liars and cheaters and skanky. And you was a family friend. Right. It can't get no worse than that. Right, right. I started shacking with my boyfriend. My boyfriend paid my little bills, buy me little clothes, you know. And then... and. I stayed with him for about a year and didn't go to church, didn't talk to the Lord, didn't pick up no Bibles. Um, and after that relationship ended, I stayed single for about six months, used to being married 20 years from a child, shouldn't have even been married at 16, 17, shouldn't have even been in, re- but that's another whole nother testimony. Get into another relationship. Now this relationship Oh, he fine. He tall. He's that guy. He go to work, hard work. And the other one went to work too, but it was just something about this guy, right? And so I was in a relationship with him, moved in with him. You know, we kicking it. What I did not know, that God was chasing me. Mm. I'm living in this man's house. He's working third shift. I'm living in his house with him. I find myself, I'm not kidding you. I find myself reading my Bible. Mm-hmm. I find myself while he's at work, flipping pages, starting from Genesis to Revelations. Just reading, reading, reading. I don't want to go to nobody's church, but I still miss the word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, it took me years to get to this place, but I started reading my Bible. And then I started catching the martyr going to church. (laughs) Baby, it was hard to sit there at first. But what I liked about the church that I chose was that they had service on Sunday morning. 
They had church on Wednesday morning. They had church on Wednesday night. They had church on Friday morning. They had church on Friday night. And they had women up there preaching. They also had men up there preaching. But I didn't have to look at one certain specific person all the time. Right, right, right. Allowing God to deal with me. Mm. But I went to a Wednesday morning service. And they had this one preacher. This preacher, he began to preach. And he said, God loves you. That felt so foreign to me. Mm. That's his first lady. And he said, God loves you. I was like, he can't be talking to me. But then he opened up the Bible and he started saying, you're the apple of God's eye. You're marked by his love. You've been chosen by God out of the, your womb. God chose you. He began to minister God's love. The whole message was God loves you. Now I'm in this church, second row. <laughs> girl, can't you can pull the girl at the church, but you can't pull the anointed at the girl. I'm on the second row, just boohooing and crying. Mm -hmm. And he's like, God loves you. And you know, they all see you crying, all the preachers in front of them. So it's like he comes over and starts preaching the message. Like, this is who this message is for. <laughs> And he, he, he said, turn to this scripture. And I turned, and it was like, these are scriptures. I read Genesis to Revelations many times. Mm -hmm. I'm the first lady that would fast and pray. I'm right, the right, one that right. would lay on my face for God. These are scriptures like I've never seen a day in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, turn to this scripture. And it would say, you know, nobody could love you like, like God. Mm where he would give his only begotten son for you. And it just kept hitting me like a brick. Mm. I would go to Sunday morning service and people, now I'm a single mother and he ain't paying child support, told me he would never pay child support. So I'm a single mother trying to take care of two kids and he not paying child support. I would go sit in the church and somebody would take money out of their purse and say, God said, give you this. Mm. I said, God's chasing me. I can't get away. God's chasing me. I found myself sleeping on the couch. Now, this is that guy. Okay, right, this right, is right. that guy. Right, okay. right. This is that guy I'm living with. I found myself moving out the bedroom, sleeping on the couch. Because I don't feel good sleeping with you no more. Oh, wow. I'm reading my Bible. He gets so mad one day. He said, if I ever see that pastor, I'm going to beat him up. <laughs> and my relationship was good. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but honey, he didn't know it was God chasing me. Right. Now that God was not going to give up on me. I tell you, from the time I left Kansas to the time I found my way back, it was a good four or five years. Mm. I was that hurt. I was that broken. And I stayed at that church for about three, three and a half years. And in that church, I went to seminary school. In that church, they I started getting my healing in that church. And baby, I need to tell you that it was not easy. I was mean to them folk. I was mean to them church folk. 
I be wanting to go to to all of them. Forgive me. I, you know, I was mean to them church folk, girl. Oh, in seminary school, I was nasty and mean. Oh. I was hurt. I was yeah. oh, mm -mm. Mm. don't say a scripture wrong. That ain't what it said. Mm -mm. And that ain't what it meant. You interpret that wrong. Trying to be a, a uh, trying to teach us how to exegete scripture. Mm -mm. It was wrong, girl. Oh, I was so mean. But you know, I, uh, I, God is so awesome and so wonderful because. We know that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and called according to his purpose. And so as you're sitting here telling me this story and, and sharing with me uh, your testimony, I was like, look at that, a testimony and a testimony. Because of the things that you went through, it has given you a place among women that have gone through that. And men. Mm -hmm. But among women, because yes. sometimes I remember a pastor saying to me one time, a female pastor, when I pray, I always say, Father, Father, Father. And she was like, you know, um, be mindful of saying that because some women have pain from their fathers and different things like that. And I was like, OK, so when you're when you're sharing that, it just breathes more into that. That sometimes women can't receive from men because they've hurt us, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it was our husband or whether it was our father. Sometimes we, so we need, so having a, a church where they have women yes. to get up in the pulpit Ooh. to speak can help that. And, but it's also amazing to me that while a man hurts you, a pastor hurt you, God had a pastor to heal you, to speak those healings things into you. You know what I'm saying? And to bring the life scripture that you knew. Like, you knew that scripture. You knew where it was and everything. But it brings me back to our first encounter. And you said, oh, what does it mean when you were, uh, you said something reborn. about, uh, yeah, being reborn and, and, and the kingdom of God. I was sitting there like I had never heard that before. And so you understand what I was saying? I understand what you're saying because it's like, well, yeah, you did. You lived that. But the place I was in at that moment, I was hurt. Mm -hmm. And so it was like I didn't, that the whole concept, all of it was so foreign. I was like, tell me more. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. So I can see you at church like, oh, no, give me more. Give me more because you're feeding me. You're healing my heart. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm sorry, I mean it. No, but that, no, that's so powerful because that's exactly what happened. And that's what that's how it had to happen. Right. Because if it would have happened on the streets, I would have never made it back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If it would have happened um some other kind of way with a woman preaching this love message, I would have always thought men were right. I, you know, it, mm -hmm. it had to happen. God God is perfect. Yes. He's so perfect. Yeah. And he knew. That at that time it had been long enough, long enough, right, to where he could minister to me mm -hmm. and heal me. And after seminary school, um, I started my first ministry. I started it in Riverdale, and after two years, we moved to Forest Park, Georgia. But when I started the church, I had both my kids here. You know that son that said he ain't never, never stepping into right, another right, church, right? Because right. he was the drummer at our at our church that I said, I'll pay you to play the drums. Mm -hmm. He's like, wait a minute, how much you going to pay? <laughs> I needed you to get in the word. Right. And I knew that if I could just get you in the mm -hmm. building, mm -hmm. that God would do something miraculous for your right, life. Right, right. And so this little joker though, he said, okay. So he come to church. He played the drums. <laughs> It's like I need him to get this word. So I said, I'm not gonna pay you, you leave before church is over. <laughs> this payment 
is for you staying from the time we start to the end. So now he got to stay because he want that money. Right, right, right. Hey, whatever we got to do to get that word in him. Baby. Right. And, but, and, but you know, just like God works with you and, and, and brought you that healing, God going to heal him too. You know, baby, baby. For, in totality, because I know he's healed, but just to where, and all of it is, a lot of times we're going through some things like this. And a lot of this, I, you know, I got from you. <laughs> But a lot of times we're going through all of this stuff. We can be so focused on where we are at that moment. We don't realize, oh, no, God's hand is in it. You know what I'm saying? And he he knows where you are. He knows that you're in this pain. But where he's bringing you to, the place that he's taking you to, is going to be so much better than where you left. And let me just go back a little bit. Let me tell you about the first lady that I was. Because mm. I came from the church, God in Christ. Mm. So I was the first lady. Oh, baby, them pants too tight. Oh, baby, that's too low. Oh, hey, no, baby. I hope part one of Tracy's testimony has been eye-opening and giving you revelation and insight into how wonderful and glorious God is. I hope you have seen yourself in part of her stories or someone that you know. I hope you've been able to relate to it. I hope that you see how deep and how wide God's love is for us. But join us back next week for part two as you can see and hear even more of what God has done in the lives of her and her children. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Seed in the Closet. If you have a testimony that you would like to share, please feel free to contact us. Our email address is owner at bowmanmoody.com. It is our prayer that the Lord will bless you and keep you. The Lord will make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord will turn his face towards you and give you peace. Be blessed.